A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Someone somewhere right now doesn't believe in you. But I, Simon Miller at What Culture Wrestling, want you to go out there into this crazy thing we call life and prove them wrong. When you do, you can stare at this accuser and go, ha, 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 I told you. Then give them a slap. And I would actually recommend you never do any of those things because they all sound terrible and probably make you a bad person. But it does kind of tie into what we're going to talk about today. Because sometimes two professional wrestlers walk to the squared circle and the audience, that being me and you, go, well, I don't want to watch this. I think it's going to be crap. And they get to doing their business. And, well, it's pretty damn flipping good. So, yes, set yourself down and get ready because here is exactly that. Ten wrestling matches that were never meant to be that good. Number 10, JBL versus John Cena at Judgment Day 2005. This was kind of a weird feud because they went the wrong way. They had their big match at WrestleMania 21 and that was fine. But by the time we got to Judgment Day in 2005, they had their working boots on. And also, my word, did they want to bleed. So this I Quit match certainly isn't for everyone because you're going to see a lot of the red stuff, but it does tick all your boxes. John Cena feels like a super duper good guy. Bradshaw feels like a super duper asshole. And by the time they are just bludgeoning one another, you can't take your eyes away from it, even though you probably should. It also ends with Cena basically threatening JBL to murder him with a car pie unless he doesn't submit. So he does. And this did do the world of good for Big Match John. If you thought he was a goody two-shoes, you went, yeah, but he's also got this really crazy side to him. I don't think we should mess with him anymore. Number nine, El Torito versus Hornswoggle at Extreme Rules 2014. This sounded like it was meant to be a joke. I mean, WWE dubbed it WLC because it was little people in a TLC match. But given that no one really gave Hornswoggle and El Torito any direction, they were like, all right, we'll show you. And they stormed out there. They had a damn good match. I mean, they smashed it. Literally, they were using weapons. They were using chairs. People were being thrown through the tables. This was as good as any other hardcore belt that you've seen. But it just had to have people in it that were a little bit short. More wrestling companies should jump onto this. Sometimes, height doesn't matter. Before long, they got the fable. This is awesome chant as well. And Jinder Mahal and Heath Slater are also getting involved. And by the time Torito had hit a spring con sent on through a bunch of chairs... This was just terrific. I also think I just called it a springbong senton. A springbong senton. Point is, sometimes you may be flicking through Peacock or the WW Network and you just ignore this. Change that attitude and you shall be surprised. Number eight, The New Day versus The Usos at SummerSlam 2017. Now this has nothing to do with the match. Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods, The Usos, we all know that they are top tier wrestling talent. But when they were put on the pre-show at SummerSlam 2017, well, it's just something ingrained in your brain goes, well, I guess nobody cares about this and more fool us. Woods especially used this as an opportunity to remind us how good he is as a professional wrestler. And this had it all. Big maneuvers, transitions, near falls. And if you want to come into my house and say, Simon, I think this was the best match of the night, 
I don't think I'm going to argue with you. Jimmy and Jay got the victory on this evening, but nobody lost here, and it should have served as a huge reminder to Vincent Kennedy McMahon that he should do more with his tag team division. I mean, he didn't, and for some reason, he's just never cared for it. I suppose he can do whatever he wants. Number seven, Beulah McGillicutty versus Bill Alfonso at ECW as good as it gets. 1996. I don't think anybody would describe Beulah McGillicutty or Bill Alfonso as proper professional wrestlers. That's not an insult to them. They just did things outside of grappling in the ring. So when Paul Heyman decided, hey, I think you two guys should have a fight on pay-per-view, well, a lot of eyebrows went up. As it turned out, though, this was gonna rock because the ECW faithful were well up for seeing Bill Alfonso get his ass kicked because he had been the referee trying to enforce rules in a promotion that didn't care for them. And from nowhere, picking Beulah to do this, well, somehow it just worked. I mean, she just destroyed this man as everything that was bad outside the wrestling world was put onto his shoulders. And the heat this got when Bill started to fight back, well, I'll be completely honest with you, on a 2021 perspective, this may very well not be for you. I'm not sure it could have been pulled off in any other company, especially when McGillicuddy just drop kicks a chair right into the man's face. But you can't deny heat when you hear and see it. And every single member of this crowd was losing their damn mind. And beforehand, they were probably face palming. Number six, the Elimination Chamber in 2012. We don't talk about Daniel Bryan's World Championship reign much from this period because, of course, it ended at WrestleMania when Sheamus bro kicked him in the head in 18 seconds and we started this brand new trend. But we should discuss it more. Daniel Bryan has always been ridiculously good. Well, I mean, he was a huge reason why this Elimination Chamber in 2012 worked, even though on paper, it was just a mishmash of random people. I mean, you had Daniel Bryan, you had Cody Rhodes, you had Santina Morella, you had The Big Show, and you had The Great Carly. So nobody really knew what to expect, but as it turns out, we should have expected magic. The key to it all was Santino, who had snuck his way into the thing only a few days beforehand. And when he started to eliminate people and fought his way all the end to the final two, all of a sudden you were like, hang on a minute, are we actually going to make Santino Morella the World Wrestling Federation Champion, even though it was WWE at the time? I mean, the answer was no. We were morons for thinking so, but it grabbed you. This was doubly true when he hit the Cobra onto Daniel Bryan for a near fall. And then, yes, minutes later, Daniel Bryan was able to apply the yes lock and retain his championship. But what a fabulous ride this was. It genuinely was one of my favorite matches of that year. Number five, Speed Muscle versus the Motor City Machine Guns on June 12, 2008 in TNA Impact. Speed Muscle is the greatest name for a tag team in the history of wrestling because it lets you know the deal straight away. And when they flew from Japan to take on the Motor City Machine Guns in TNA in 2012, well, my word, they may as well have given you a window into what professional wrestling was about to become. It's not like people thought this was going to suck. It was the complete opposite. Nobody had any expectations when all four guys did walk out. They're like, all right, well, I paid my money. I'll sit down. I'll watch myself some wrestling. But it's just the speed of the thing that will get you, especially because they're just doing move after maneuver after move after maneuver. But it's all so crisp and they never put a foot wrong. It's a bit like watching a bunch of wrestlers in a WWE video game, <laughs> but not 2K20, that one's full of glitches. And sure, nobody really sells anything, so if you're an old school fan, you'll get mad about that, but if you are just looking for a barrel of entertainment to come and smack you right in the face, you honestly should go check this out. Even today it surprises me, and I've seen it many times before. 
Number four, Serena D versus Riho at Double or Nothing 2021. When people started talking about Double or Nothing in 2021, they weren't necessarily talking about Serena D versus Riho. And this could have been the fact that they were on the pre-show and we had certain feelings towards that. But once again, we were a pile of morons. This was truly great. Of course, it was helped by the fact that it was one of the first matches in front of proper fans after that damn pandemic. But both Serena and Riho had their working boots on. And once again, if you want to come into my house and say, Simon, I think this was one of the best matches of the night. Well, you would be correct. The whole story too was Dee basically folding Riho up like a pile of cardboard here as Riho always found her way to fight back. And this was even more impressive because there really wasn't that much of a build and there wasn't really that much of a story. It was just damn good technical wrestling and it was a little bit of a win. Hopefully all of this will last long in our memory as well so we don't make the same mistake again. If you think a match sounds good and it just happens to be on the pre-pay-per-view, you bet your ass you better tune in because two people may be about to smash it. Number three, Chris Jericho versus Ricky Steamboat, Jimmy Snooker and Ronnie Piper at WrestleMania 25. You were correct to have low expectations for this one. After all, we're all human beings and age is going to come and destroy us all. So when you heard about these three legends getting in the ring with Chris Jericho, well, you assumed it was going to be fun, but probably very limited. Apparently though, nobody had went and told that to Ricky Steamboat because he just rolled back the years here and he was so impressive and he was so good and held up with Chris Jericho so well that a month later they did the match again but it was a one-on-one contest and Ricky Steamboat well he just flipping brilliant. It was Ricky's timing and movement that made him look like he'd just been transported back to his 30s and while Roddy Piper and Jimmy Snooker did what they have to do they were nowhere near in his level. I think he's in his 70s now and I bet somehow he could come back to the ring and he'd still be okay. You really need to go and see this for yourself to believe it. I mean, even here, Rick is in his 50s and yeah, he goes toe to toe with Y2J. Honestly, this is as perplexing now as it was a few years ago. Number two, Triple H versus the great Carly at SummerSlam 2008. Yep, that's right, I said it, it had to be said. And nine times out of 10, your expectation for a great Carly match is going to be in the toilet, but you have found the exception here, which is when Triple H went, well, why don't I just go old school with this and do really, really big guy against not so big guy? Really entertaining. And no, this isn't a five-star classic, but Triple H works his ass off here to make it come across like great Carly could kill him like that, because he just sells and he sells and he sells. So by the time he starts to fight back, you're rooting for him like a good old tootin' babyface. New Age fans probably won't get it, which I completely understand, but if you are an old age watcher and you want to transport yourself to the past, you could do a lot worse than remind yourself of this, and it's also another reminder that while we may go Triple H reign of terror today, he was still a pretty damn good wrestler, and he always will be. Number one, Stephanie McMahon versus Trish Stratus at No Way Out 2001. I mean, this kind of had everything. You had a defined good guy, you had a defined bad guy, you had a proper storyline, and you had some build. When we did get to No Way Out, everybody assumed the worst, and more fool us. This was also happening on the same show where we had Triple H versus Stone Cold Steve Austin in the Three Stages of Hell match. But if you can believe the words that are about to come out of my mouth, I don't think Trish Stratus and Stephanie McMahon were intimidated by that at all. In fact, they really did hold their own. Because McMahon has all the fire she needs as she rages against Vince McMahon, who was doing terrible things at the time. And Trish around this period started to show flashes of what she would become. So when you put these two people in the ring and they really did kick the crap out of each other, I'll say it, you got gold. This is two people absolutely dedicating themselves to the cause and may have been the biggest shock in the 12 month period, which of course also included the rattlesnake turning heel. But forget about that. Let's instead talk about Trish Stratus versus Stephanie McMahon. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.